0: Good morning. Good morning. It's great to see you, Life Church. It's great to be with you, to be able to, as Jeremiah said, it's just so great that we can gather, that we can be together, that we can lift up the name of the Lord. And of course, I want to extend a huge welcome to our online campus who are joining us as well. It's great that you can join us from wherever you are. It's a pretty cool era, I think, that we're in, that we can have a gathering here right now. We can have a gathering out at the Lincoln Event Center for our Selwyn campus, and we can have people gathering from potentially all around the world to join in and worship God with us. And I wanna say this before I get started, that the best days of the church are still to come. Don't you agree? The best days of the church are still ahead of us. They're not past, but they are still to come. And I don't just mean for Life Church for this church, but for the church, the church around the world, capital C. And I feel it in my spirit that in the midst of everything going on right now, God is moving, God is working, and He is in control. And so there are exciting days ahead. And that's exciting, but in the midst of our excitement, I think it's a good chance to stop and remind ourselves that we need to be praying for the church praying for the church, again, not just the church as an organization, not just as an institution, not just for here at Life Church, but praying for the body of Christ, for the body of Christ, because you and I, we are the church. When you go out wherever you are, you are the church, and so we need to be praying for the church at this time, to continue to pray for it, to pray for its leaders, to pray for Carl and Ange, our lead pastors who are out at our Selwyn campus this morning, to be praying for them, to pray for God's wisdom, God's hand of favour upon their life and for the church. Because if God is moving, if God is working, we know there is an enemy who wants to thwart and disrupt the plans and purposes of God. And he'll throw everything he can at the church to stop at seeing God's kingdom expand here on earth. So be praying for the church because there are exciting days ahead. Amen. Let me read to our passage for this morning. Genesis 26, starting at verse 12 through to 18. When Isaac planted his crops that year, Isaac is Abraham's son, one of the patriarchs of the nation of Israel. He harvested a 100 times more grain than he planted, for the Lord blessed him. And I just wanna add an insert there as well, that there was a famine going on in the region at this time. There was a famine throughout the land and yet Isaac harvested a hundred times more than he planted. He became a very rich man and his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants that the Philistines, who were rivals of Isaac's family and would be rivals of the nation of Israel for many years to come, they became jealous of him So the Philistines filled up all of Isaac's wells with dirt. They filled up all his wells with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father, Abraham. Finally, Abimelech, which is the king of uh, Philistine, if I pronounce that right, he ordered Isaac, leave the country, go somewhere else, for you have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away to the Gerar Valley, where he set up their tents and settled down. He reopened the wells that his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored the names that Abraham had given them. I want to ask you a question this morning. What is filling your well? What is filling your well? You see, a well in these times was a significant landmark. It was a significant landmark. There were places of great value and importance. And as you read, actually most wells had names. They were given names which had meanings and significance. You don't just name anything. You don't just name anything. You give something a name when you want it to have meaning. And so a well was a place of value because it's where the people would go to draw water for their families and for their flocks. You couldn't count on the rain. And there weren't many freshwater sources in this region. And so the people would dig these deep wells. They would go and dig these deep wells so they could access the groundwater under the ground to have fresh water that they could have for their families and their livestock. A well was a source of life. And Isaac here in our passage has his wells filled up with dirt, filled up with dirt. And so the access to the water is cut off and the well is now ineffective. And you know, our relationship with God can be thought of like a well. It's where we go to get refreshing and rest, but more importantly, it's our source of life. It's our source of life and our strength and our sustenance for everything that we do. But just like Isaac, our wells can get filled with things that shouldn't be there. And we're not careful They can get so full that now our well is ineffective. I remember I used to have charging issues with my old phone. I had an old iPhone 6S back in the day. I loved it, it was a great phone, but it used to give me constant grief over its charging. It just would not charge properly. And if you know me, I'm the kind of person that likes to keep my devices fully charged. I like to keep my devices topped up. If that battery hits 50%, it may as well be low battery, low power mode. I'm getting the charger out, and I'm plugging it back in. I keep a battery bank bank with me in my backpack. I've got chargers everywhere. My devices have got to be topped up. And this was still a relatively new phone at the time, and so I was getting frustrated at why this thing would never charge properly. I'd plug it in at night, and then I'd wake up, and it's still on like 30%, because it started charging at the start of the night, but then by the end of the night, it wasn't charging properly. Sometimes it would charge, sometimes it wouldn't. And then one day, I noticed that the cable wasn't sitting in the charging port properly. It was just kind of sitting in there, loose, and I tried to plug it in, and it wouldn't give you that kind of satisfying click that normally a cable does when you plug it in to the charging socket. And so I pulled it out, and I got another phone to use its flashlight to shine it down the hole in the phone. And I realized what my problem was, and that it was that lint and dust and fluff from my pocket had filled up the charging port, and so the charger wouldn't connect in (laughs) properly which probably some people are going, yeah, come on, that's a basic issue, but this was a first world problem for me. And, and so I, okay, right, so I grabbed a little paper clip out, I unfolded it, and I carefully scooped out all of the lint and the fluff that was in there, which is actually a surprising amount that can fit in that tiny little hole. You pull it all out, and then all of a sudden the charger works properly. There was dirt in the way, there was fluff, and dirt in the way, and so the charger wouldn't work how it was designed to work, just like dirt in a well. Things can come in and fill up our well, things like gossip, negativity, bad attitude, sin, insecurity, all of these things can come in and fill up our well and stop it functioning properly. When I noticed this story a few months back, I thought it was interesting that the wells weren't guarded. They were just kind of left out in the open, knowing how important they are, how vital they are to the future of your family and for your livestock. And also knowing that Isaac shared this land with people who didn't really like him a whole lot. If I were Isaac, I'd be keeping these things guarded. I'd be keeping my eye on them. that making sure that they're in good operation, keeping maintenance on them, making sure that no one could come in and try and sabotage them. And now we don't know that he wasn't doing that for sure. But clearly there was enough time between maintenance checks that the Philistines were able to come and fill up the well with enough dirt that would render it useless. In the first verse, we read that Isaac had harvested a hundred times more grain than he had planted that year. The Lord blessed him in the midst of a famine. I wonder if Isaac's success had caused him to become complacent. I wonder if he got a bit too comfortable a bit too secure and so therefore he let his guard down and things got into his well that shouldn't have been there i know for me personally there's something i have to watch all the time i know that the tendency the pattern of my life is that when life gets good when life gets comfortable when i'm going through things and things are going all right things are going my way i know that's where my relationship with god is at its biggest risk. And it's not that my faith is less. It's not that I love God any less. I'm still passionate about Him in those times. I still wanna give my life for Him, but I stop guarding my well. I read the word less. My prayer life decreases. The amount of times I listen to worship music where I spend time in God's presence, these things drop and I start to slip on some of these key disciplines, and so they'll guard around my well is lower and it's easier for other things to come in and start filling up my well. Suddenly small disappointments seem to affect me more than they used to. It's harder to go along to a prayer meeting or it's hard to find the time to read my word. My compassion for people maybe gets a little bit low. I'm a little bit less passionate about seeing other people come to know Christ. I'm less of a witness in my world when my well is clogged when I'm not keeping good maintenance I am less effective in the mission that God has called me to in the New Testament we have a story of Jesus talking with a woman beside a well and Jesus speaks to her and he asks her for a drink and in the midst of his conversation he tells her about another well He tells her about a spiritual well. In John 4, verse 10, Jesus replied, If only you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Anyone who drinks this water, being the water from the well he was at, will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Through Christ we have access to living water, the Holy Spirit living in our lives, our source of life, our source of hope and faith and joy, the one who comes in and cleans up the mess and the wrongdoings, the brokenness in my life, who washes away my sins and mistakes and makes me right standing before God. This is the water that we have access to. The spirit living in our lives, the spirit in our life that gives us hope in the midst of trial. That even when we walk through dark times, the spirit in us says it's okay. We walk by faith and not by sight. When I go through struggles, when I can't see a way out, the spirit within me, the living water within me gives me the resilience to dig my heels in. I don't feel like going to church today, but I'm gonna go. I don't feel like praying today, but I'm gonna do it. I don't feel like reading my word, but the spirit in me, the living water in me gives me that drive. And what I love is that regardless of what's in the well, the potential of the well is still there. Because the potential of the well is not in what the well's made of. It's not about what kind of bucket is used or the rope that's used to pull it out. It's not even about what gets in the well. The potential of the well is the water. The potential of the well is access to the water, access to streams of water. Isaac's wells get filled with dirt, but the water was still there. The dirt doesn't change the fact that the water is there. It doesn't change what the water can do. It doesn't change the impact the water can have. It's just now the access to that water is hindered. But the potential of the well is still there. And I think often we can be quick to disqualify ourselves because of how much dirt is in our well. We disqualify ourselves from God's love or from being used by God. But the potential of your life is not in who you are. The potential of your life is in whose you are the person that is living inside you. The potential of my life is not in what I can do or who I am, but the person of Jesus Christ living in me, living water that He promised. Your potential doesn't change, but your ability to live out your potential does. Because it's not about your own abilities, it's about God working through your life. Just like my phone charger, the potential of the phone hadn't changed, just couldn't connect properly to the power source that would keep it running. And we've been talking the last few weeks about getting out fishing again. That God is calling us to use our lives to help people encounter the incredible grace and the love of Jesus Christ. That our lives can create a space of grace for people to help them find Jesus. That when we go into our workplace, when we go into our school, into our university, wherever it is that we go, we can create an environment where people can encounter the love of Christ. And the thing about a well, is that it wasn't just used by one person, but many people could come to a well. It was a source of life for many people. And there are people in your world, people in my world who need the hope of Christ in their lives. He is the cry of every human heart. Every human is designed to be in a relationship with Him. Our world needs the hope of Christ. And this planet will not see the change it needs until people find that hope, until they find Jesus. He is the ultimate answer for every person, the ultimate answer for every problem. Whatever is fate going on in our world, Jesus is the answer. And there is a world that is going to a Christless eternity right now. There is a world that is out there that is in the desert and they are desperate for a drink of water. They're in the middle of the desert, they're thirsty, they're dehydrated and you and I have the water. We are the well that people, that gives access to the water that people need. And as a church, we are called to go out into that desert and to find those people and say, hey, we know where the water is. I've had access to that water. I've tasted it, I've seen it. Let me help you get a drink. Let me help you in that. But imagine the thought of a church going out into the desert and going, I'd love to give you a drink of water, but my well's all clogged up. I'd love to give you a drink. I know what you need, but my well is all filled with dirt or I'd love to give you a drink, but my well's so clogged right now that I can, I can really only get enough out for a drink for me. I've only got enough room to get some water out just for me right now and I can't pass it on to you. But my prayer, my prayer is that our wells would be wide enough and deep enough that not only that we can drink from them, but people around us can as well that it wouldn't just be a source of life for me, but it would be a source of life in my work, a source of life in the schools I'm at, and the source of life in the universities. I go wherever it is that through my relationship with God, other people could experience the grace and the power and the mercy of Christ that they so desperately need. We carry the answer the world is looking for. And as I come towards the end for the last five minutes or so, maybe band if you'd like to join, I wanna ask you again, what is filling your well? What is the state of your well? Is it full of water? Is it a life-giving stream that you can go to and that the people around you can go to? Or maybe does your well need some maintenance? Maybe you've gotten comfortable You've let your guard down, and so over time, things have gotten into your well that shouldn't have been there. Maybe you'd say it's been so long since you connected with God, so long since you read your Bible, so long since you spent time in prayer that you'd say your well is full of dirt like Isaac's was. You'd look at your well and go, no, it's buried. It's full of dirt, it's buried under the ground, I can't get access to it. But you know what, Jesus was buried. He was buried, He died on a cross. He paid the price that you and I could never hope to pay. He was the ransom for our lives and He was buried. He was put under the ground, He was put in a tomb, but three days later, He rose from that tomb. He rose from the grave, He came out of the ground, the stone was rolled away and it was opened and He conquered sin and He overcame death. And so there is nothing in your life that Jesus cannot overcome. There is no dirt in your life that Jesus cannot wash away. The name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, everything will bow, He can open the well. At the end of our passage, we read that Isaac reopens those wells. But not only does He reopen them, it says that He restores the names that the person who made those wells gave them. Verse 18, he reopened the wells his father had dug and Isaac also restored the names that Abraham had given them. You know, you might feel like your well is full of dirt. Might've been so long since you felt like you've had a right relationship with God. He can reopen that well But not only can He reopen it, but He can restore the Name. He can restore that sense of identity, that sense of self-worth, that sense of self-confidence, knowing I know that even though I don't get it right every day, even though things get into my life that shouldn't, I know that I am right standing before God because of Jesus Christ. He can restore your Name, the Name that is that when you follow Jesus, you become a co-heir with Christ. You are welcomed in to the family of God. The potential that has always been there can now again be realised. Or maybe you'd say there is no well. Maybe you're here this morning or you're watching online and you'd actually say you've never had a relationship with God. You wouldn't say you've had this living water that we've been talking about. There isn't a well in your life. And if that's you, we want you to know that God loves you, that you're not an accident, that you're here on purpose, that you're here by design. God has designed you and He loves you, He has a plan for your life. And regardless of what you've done in your life, 2000 years ago, God sent His Son, Jesus, to die on a cross so that you could again be restored to Him. Where you can live every day knowing that you are loved and accepted and forgiven By him. That's what Jesus says in that passage earlier where we'll never be thirsty again because you can wake up every day knowing that you have found what your life is searching for. That is the Gospel story. And you can experience that today and the team will have more information about that after I'm finished. But even for those of us who have experienced that, over time, if we're not careful, things can come in and start filling up our wells again. And you know, this is the same message as clean and mend your nets. It's the same message, it's the same premise, but I really just feel that there are some people who maybe lockdown has opened your eyes to the fact that your well has a bit more stuff in it than you realised. It's like you've been surviving, surviving each day because you're just getting top ups from other sources You've come to church every now and then and so that would give you a little bit of a drink and kind of hold off the dehydration or you'd go along to a life group once in a while and that would give you a little bit of a drink. But throughout lockdown and throughout right now, you're going, when I need to get a drink for myself, it's difficult. But God wants you to have an open well, a well that is deep and a well that is wide. And if we're gonna be out living on mission, if we're gonna be out fishing again, we're gonna be fishing in the ocean, That's salt water. We need to have access to fresh water if we're gonna keep ourselves going. And so I wanna encourage you this morning, if that's you, if I've spoken to you this morning, either here or online, my encouragement is to not leave it that way. God wants to reopen the well. He has a plan for your life. He wants you to know the living water that He has where every day you can be refreshed and encouraged. Even when you might walk through times that are difficult, you've got access to the water that can keep you going but not just for you, but because there'll be people in your life who are desperate for a drink. And there are people at your life who you could be the well for, people in the desert. Say, come, I have found it, I have access to it. Let me show you and let me take you on that journey. So we're gonna sing a song now called, Oh, Come to the Altar. And the second sort of verse in that line says, do you thirst for a drink from the well? And so as we sing the song, I wanna encourage you wherever you are, maybe you just wanna respond and say, God, reopen my well, reopen my well. I just need some of that dirt removed. I know for me, sometimes it's a slow process where it's just like every day, it's just a shovel load out. And then there's been other times where it's just felt like God's dropped a stick of dynamite in there and blown all the dirt out. God can do it every way or sometimes it's a mix, but God wants to open your well. He loves you too much to leave you where are, and he loves this world too much for our wells to be clogged. So why don't we stand and let's sing that and declare that over our lives this morning. Awesome.